Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Are fish Fridays a thing in your house? A new study out today claims that the Pope of all people, could bring about a major reduction in global carbon emissions if he was to call in Catholics to stop eating meat on a Friday. Uh, Go back to a return of the traditional um, method, Fish Fridays, and that that could apparently make a huge difference to the environment. So would you consider going meat-free on a Friday to cut back on carbon emissions? Maybe it's something that you already do. And if you have... Was it for the environment? Give us a call this afternoon. Dee is with us on the programme in Kerry. Dee, do you think asking people to, you know, fish Friday or to do a, a meat-free Friday, this kind of thing, is that the right way to get people to buy into this? Uh, hi, Andrea. How are you? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm well. I'm meat-free for, for uh, many, 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 many years. So, yeah, good. Very good. Um, yeah, I saw that, um, that, um, that research from Cambridge University saying that... Um, uh, you know, if 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 the Pope um, asked, you know, or directed uh, a billion Catholics in the world to um, to stew meat on on Fridays, that it 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 would um, help to lower global emissions and you know it, and mitigate climate change. Uh, I guess it would. Yeah, I, I think it would definitely help um, from somebody who's. I mean, I've been doing it for years for, for ethical reasons, but for climate now, it's huge. But I kind of think a little bit. It's it's a little bit. Uh, too too little and too late to be honest. Okay, not far enough. Uh, well, I think we've missed our one point five um, degree um, window now. So um, we have the COP twenty seven coming up in Egypt, and we've missed our targets massively. So I, I think what the UN are saying is it, that's what we should really be looking at is is, is their latest um, report. There's no credible pathway to keep one point five alive. So now we're in a path to irreversible climate change. So I kind of think, yes, it's good. Um, and the more people that, 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 are, that are, are changing their diet, uh, the better. But mm. I just, I'm, I'm concerned, really concerned that, that we're not changing enough, that incremental okay. change isn't enough, that we need root and branch change, transformation of economics society, uh, and societies. And, and, you know, that's the only way we can save ourselves from climate disaster. We are. We're in climate catastrophe, Andrea, you know, we really are. And we're not, I mean, you know, that's, that's where we find ourselves. And I, I think, I think, I think, yeah, it, it would definitely help, but I just, I just don't feel it enough. Yeah. Um, you know, Darina McCafferty is with us as well, Dee. Darina is the owner of the vegetarian restaurant Cornucopia in Dublin. Darina, do your customers ever mention the environment when they come into your restaurant? Hi, how are you? Good. Yes, they do. It's very much a big driver for us during like climate protests. We get a big surge of people coming in. And I guess for us, we're kind of in a lucky space because I think there's a lot of greenwashing going on in companies. But Cornucopia has been around since 1986. So I think people see that we're more authentic. And recently we were contacted by Trinity College to help improve their vegan options on campus because the students all came together and said, look, we want to do better than what we're getting and vegan food should be more like at the front of a menu for that reason. As in people it's feel great, that it's nearly, it's a sort of an afterthought, is it? Yeah, definitely. It's like, oh, you ask for the vegan option where if you make the vegan option the most delicious thing on the menu, people are going to choose it because yeah. I guess for us, it's not, Cornucopia is a vegan restaurant, but it's not necessarily just for vegan people. It's all, it's for people who enjoy good food and eating like more plant-based food is good for not just 
the planet, but for your, you know, eating more fibre is always very good for your health. And then obviously the underlying thing of animal welfare and how much water it, you know, can take to to make meat compared to having vegetables on the menu. So when people go into to Cornucopia, and I'm sure many other, you know, vegan or, or vegetarian restaurants across the country as well, it, it, carbon emissions, like, is that, I just wonder what's the, the motivation for a lot of people. Is it is it the, the environment? Is it the carbon emissions? Is it dietary? Is it something that maybe it's seen as popular? I just wonder what's the driving factor. I think factor. at the moment, I think the environment is on the forefront of everyone's mind. Like your other caller is totally right. Like we are heading into a climate disaster, but I don't like saying that because I think it might put people off from trying to change as well. So we kind of have to be, we're, we're like, we're quite powerful. Like, you know, whales at one point were at the point of extinction and because of big movements, people pushed it back and then stopped that from happening. And I do think that people have more power than we give ourselves credit for to make big changes. So I don't like to put people off by saying, sure, it's done now, because then people will just sit back and stop trying when I think that that we need to motivate people to change and to try. And I think, like, they always say that it's easier to change someone's religion than it is to change how they eat, because it's all tied into our mood and our chemical makeup and how we were brought up. So it's like bringing people along slowly and I just thought it was funny I was thinking like the Pope the ultimate influencer like obviously if like someone that you follow on social media starts going vegan or does you know meat free Fridays that really does make a difference and that's how you know people make their money because people listen to people so if the Pope came out and said let's stop eating meat on Friday I do think that a lot of people would listen to maybe the people that we need to listen to us, you know. We, we we like for a lot of households, this was something that happened. I remember years ago in our house, we all was at fish on a Friday. My granny always at fish like on Friday, was, yeah. you know. And yeah, yeah, it was kind of a natural way for your body to detox as well, because like eating meat every day is not how we were originally how we ate meat. It was more of a special occasion, you know how you know. But now because of the readiness available to it and how cheap it is. People are eating it every day and it's actually very hard on your gut and your intestines. So to have a day to, to just eat vegetables or to even just detox and take it easy is very good for your health and yeah. not just the environment. Do you think D having this kind of branding of, you know, fish Fridays, meat-free Mondays, whatever way they want to kind of market it, is that does that grip people? Does it entice people to try it? Well, I, I wouldn't be for, for, um, for eating um, fish on, on Friday, either, unfortunately, having, having watched the conspiracy and seeing what's happening to our oceans. Um, You're vegan, do you? Know. Is that... I am, yeah, I am, okay. yeah. Okay. But, 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 I, but I, 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 would, I would agree that like every, every, every little helps, you know, it, it absolutely does. But I'm just concerned that the incremental change that we're, um, that we're, try- that we're you know, constantly trying to do just isn't isn't enough and that it won't it won't give us results you know as we need them this is what we've been told by the un by antonio gutierrez he said our food systems accounts for a third of all emissions and we must make huge reductions like and that's now that's not over the next 10 years or five years okay so it's not a a pretty picture yeah well Roseanne Stevens is is with us here too on the line Um, you're a sustainable chef Roseanne like do you do you agree with Dee is it too little too late no I think we should still be positive we don't want to be crippled by climate anxiety but we need to I agree with you make drastic reductions so the the original target was to reduce um, red meat consumption by 50% and it's now being pushed up to 89% 
that we are under pressure to reduce it by. Um, but the, the figures are quite complicated as to, you know, where these emissions are coming from. And it's also burning fossil fuels. And it's also the extreme waste that happens in our food system. So waste is as big a problem as livestock. There's an interesting text in here from Natasha and she says, I think this is actually a terrible idea. The oceans are already grossly overfished. Yes, I agree. As I it agree. Is. And you can, you, we actually have more control over livestock farming and we can improve it. There are ways of reducing the emissions drastically if we move quickly, but we can't snap our fingers and suddenly repopulate the oceans and clean them up and get rid of all the plastics in them. So I think it's incredibly bad advice from the Pope in that regard. If you had to choose a meat that was more sustainable, chicken would be top of the list. Um, Because beef obviously is a no, lamb is a no. The way we farm with pork is not great. It has potential, but also no. So chicken would be your only option. It would Definitely so not chicken is the most sustainable meat <laughs> it you has, say it, it is. Has, it has the ability to be if you're choosing um, free range and organic options because industrial chicken farming um, has its own emissions and also it's very heavy on things like electricity and water. So you have to look at consumption as a whole, okay. um, not just the emissions. Do you, um, what sort of things did you have to change in your diet for the environment with carbon emissions in mind, Rosanne? Well, I actually did this on a a very large scale with DCU, Dublin City University. Um, So we did it on a commercial kitchen level, but on a domestic level, number one is to reduce your um, usage of fossil, fossil fuels. So I actually got rid of my car. My gas guzzling, I won't say what it was, but my two-liter gas guzzler, I got rid of that. Walked a lot, which was good for me, and public transport, the good old Lewis and Diet and bus. Um, Reduced my international flying because, well, pandemic, I wasn't going anywhere anyway, but I still have reduced that. Um, And I work very heavily in the area of eliminating food waste and teaching people how to do that. So that, to me, second on the list jointly with um, reducing or eliminating um, animal foods out of your diet. So that's that's as big of an issue? It's as big of an issue. The f- our food systems are broken and it's all interlinked because the food systems require a lot of fossil fuels. Burning fossil fuels is the number one cause and drilling for them, number one cause of um, carbon emissions and global warming. But food waste from the various parts of our food system is actually third. I mean, there's right. this controversy as to whether it's livestock farming or whether it's food waste, but we can do both. You know, okay. it's possible to hold okay. two thoughts in your head at a time. 1800 is the number if you want to join us here in the programme today. I just want to hear from people, from consumers, from listeners to the show about whether or not you will go meat-free for one day of the week, whether it'll be today, yesterday, Sunday, Friday, whatever day you want to call it. I'm interested in chatting to people who've maybe tried this or they're planning to do it in the coming weeks and why. Um, Fishmonger in Cork, Pat O'Connell is with us as well, uh, Razan, Pat, do you have many customers that come to you primarily because they're trying to do a sort of a, a meat-free Friday? Good afternoon, Andrea. How are you? I'm very good, and you? Good, not bad. I'm, I suppose... We prefer people to come to us because they like fish. Um, I don't think you can force people down any one avenue as to what they should eat and what type of product they should eat. I think 
it's a worldwide problem and I think it's about moderation and about mixing your diet. Um, I don't think our waters have enough fishing them to start feeding billions of people, I'll be under Andrea. Um, so, no, I mean, you know, the last thing I suppose fishmongers would want is going back to the idea of fish on a Friday being a penance food. Yeah. It took us a long time to shake off that image, you know. I mean, it's one of the most nutritious foods you can eat. Um, and, yeah, it's about sustainability, and it's about, you know, keeping the stocks up, and that takes management. Um, unfortunately, I suppose Irish boats are very hemmed in by quarters. So, you know, if you went back to everybody having fish on, on Friday, it would be a huge problem. Have you noticed an increase in, in demand for fish past, yeah. in the past year? You know, because we've obviously had a, a lot of conversation around emissions and, and the climate situation. Yes, we have, no doubt about it. I mean, I, I think since COVID, when people have had time to look around and, and look at the foods they're eating and going for the healthier option, I think there has been a big switch to um, to fit. Okay, so demand is up. People are looking for more fish. Demand is up and it's about local. I mean, you know, like we get our fish and cattle down there in West Cork. Um, and, you know, we're supporting local fishermen, so local industry. Um, and, you know, that's what it's about. Local, local, local. And are there people eating more fish, past than, than they previously did? Or is it new customers trying something different? I think a little bit of both. I think people are certainly health conscious and, and, and I think they're aware that we're eating too much meat. Um, and there's no no doubt about it that there there is an environmental issue with, with regards to, to beef and dairy farming. I mean, it's you know it's on the it's on, it's on the media every day of the week. So I think people are looking at the alternatives or looking at increasing what they what they like. Like th- that's your point too, Dorina, isn't it? Like it's it's not just vegan and vegetarian customers that come to the restaurant. It's it's people looking for alternative options. No, exactly. And I think it's important to like educate people. People can be very scared to try new kinds of food. And, you know, we're trying to contact businesses now and say like, you know, for climate agendas, would you like to come to Cornucopia and have like a table service dinner? Because we've seen there's a demand for that. And every company now has climate targets. And I think it's obvious now, there's no arguments that eating a more plant-based diet has huge effects. And it, you know, sometimes you can feel like a little bit, it's out of control because it's a lot of lobbying and government control. But what you eat is something that is very powerful and something that you can actually take control of yourself. So if people find that, you know, climate change just feels like a spiraling thing that they can't control, what you choose to do and what you choose to eat, and if you choose to eat vegetarian or vegan or even if it is fish, like so many, you know, everything that you do can make a difference and only through collective change can we really steer the course of where we're headed, you know, and, mm. you know, at the end of the day, the earth will survive. We might, we might not survive on it. So I think that's really how we have to see it is that we're not doing like what, what's the next hundred years going to look like and how are we going to make the personal change to inspire other people to do it. And it's only through advocates and people like either call or that come online and say like, look, shouting from the rooftops, like this is what's happening, that we can really kind of bring, hold people's hand and bring them along in a gentle way, because otherwise people just get quite defensive and they don't want to change. It's scary for people, you know. It's all very hard to to imagine, you know. It's yeah. all 
Con is texting to say how much water goes into a smashed avocado compared to a healthy glass of milk. Jaron Sligo talks about the uh, before everybody starts eating fish, we're already overfishing um, as it is. Like, do you think more education, Pat, is is needed around all of this? It is absolutely. It is absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you can't, as I said at the start, you can't force people down avenues to where they have to eat this or that. They have to be convinced themselves that the, the world is in, a, is in a, a tricky situation at the moment. And there is no doubt our, our waters have been overfished. Um, the Irish fleet would have very little to do with that because we have such a small quota where it would regards our own waters that we'd never be accused of overfishing. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they are being overfished, there's no doubt about it. And okay. it's something that should be managed a lot better by the, um, by the EU than it is being managed. Well, if you're listening to this conversation today and you fancy giving Meat Free Monday or Fish Friday or whatever you want to call it, basically a day of the week where you're just not eating meat, if you're going to give it a go, or maybe you previously have, uh, let us know today because I want to find out the reasons why you're doing it. And will you heed the Pope? And uh, his call or suggestion today that if he's to get involved in calling Catholics to stop eating meat on a Friday, there'd actually be a major reduction, according to this Cambridge University study. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. A little earlier in the show, we were talking about this Cambridge University study that's out and claims that the Pope could bring a major reduction in global carbon emissions if he was to call on Catholics to stop eating meat every Friday. So back to the old traditional fish Fridays. And I'm wondering, is it something something that you fancy doing? Will you do this? All for the environment, to cut down on carbon emissions. Is fish Fridays back on the menu? Elaine is with us on the line in Dublin. Elaine, are you a fan of fish Fridays? Um, our house is not a fan of fish, I'm afraid. At all. <laughs> Sometimes we'll do it, but actually, no, we prefer to probably go completely meat-free, so that would okay. be fish as well. But, I mean, sometimes on the odd occasion we'll have fish. Um, I have found it very expensive. That's one yeah, of the reasons yeah. why we haven't really pushed it in the house, is that it's quite an expensive product to buy. It's more expensive than uh, beef or chicken. Chicken, or yeah, like that. yeah. So, if you go for completely meat-free, you save money and you sort of improve your health and everything and you save the carbon. So, you know, that's the route that we've tended to go down. Did you do this, Elaine? Well, what was the, the rationale behind it or when did you start this? Well, we started very slowly, um, probably about three years ago. Okay. I'd been a vegetarian when I was a teenager, but sort of bacon sandwiches called a bit too frequently and I gave it <laughs> up. Um, so I'm not new to it, but three years ago, really as a result of trying to live more sustainably. And I was hoping the data was wrong in the beginning, you know, and that, you know, Irish raised beef and meat would be um, lower in carbon than maybe imported fruit and vegetables. But when I found out that the data was clear, it, it wasn't like fruit and vegetables are always lower in carbon, even if they're imported. I said, right, well, OK, we're going to try and reduce our meat and dairy intake. So we aren't vegan or vegetarian in our house, but we are prioritising plant-based food wherever we can. And so it was really for sustainable reasons, mm. but the benefit of it is just sort of overall general improvement in health and also it's less expensive when you reduce your meat and dairy intake. Have you noticed that in the, in the purse, Elaine, you have? Oh God, hugely. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not saying that 
food should be cheap. I, I mean, I think it should be affordable for people, but I don't believe in cheap food, you know, so um, I, I think that you get what you pay for. Um, but it's, it, you know, it, it, it's clear that when you go and you buy meat or fish or dairy, um, we've got a very high quality product in this country, but it's, you're definitely, it's going to cost you a lot more than if you're buying potatoes and uh, broccoli and, and apples and things like that. It's just going to be okay. a lot more expensive. And I think that particularly now, because financially we're all trying to sort of moderate our spending, yeah. even reducing the amount of meat or dairy that you might put into a dish can actually help it go a bit further so you don't have to give it up completely. And that reduces the carbon footprint of your meal without feeling like you're sacrificing. You, you mentioned that you were vegetarian when you were younger, but this is something, this is a move that you made in the house three years ago. I'm curious, was everybody in the house on board with this or what's the kind of the general vibe around the kitchen table? Yeah, well, I mean, we, I don't believe in forcing anyone to do anything they don't want to do because it doesn't work in the long term. So um, we sometimes, like my son particularly, is a committed carnivore and doesn't like fruit or vegetables at all. My husband came around to the idea slowly. um, And again, it was only like three meals out of the week, you know, so it wasn't every meal. And my daughter is like myself. I mean, if I was living in a house by myself, I'd be eating just vegetables and yeah. fruit, you know, because I like vegetable curries and I like vegetable stir fries, things like that. Whereas my husband and my son would be more fans of meat. And so we find that meat substitute products like, you know, the plant-based nuggets or burgers, they've been much more successful with them. So it's been, you, you know, I'd say it's hit and miss. Some dishes yeah. I adore and they don't. They don't. <laughs> and, then, um, and then others they love and I wouldn't be keen on. But we found... A small selection. Anyone who cooks for a family knows how hard it is to please everyone at the, all the time. But and what are the what are the common ground things? Because I, I've been challenged by listeners before, relating to you know cook an odd vegan um, dish at home, and I just like I've just never fallen in love with it. There's just something missing from it for, for me personally. And I'm not well, a big red meat eater. I'm I'm primarily fish actually and chicken. But um, I just I haven't found the right dish. And if you don't find a vegan does it for you, I mean, I, I was reading uh, studies where we were saying that we would save 60% of our greenhouse gas emissions if the world switched to vegetarian and only an extra 10% if we switch to vegan. So even if you were just eating vegetarian, you might, you'll be still helping to reduce your carbon footprint. Um, and sometimes I find particularly it's the fat elements that I find missing from vegan dishes, which you you don't tend to notice with vegetarian dishes because dishes, you can put in, you know, butter or um, like, let's say if we cook meat in the house, mm. we might save the fat from like a roasted chicken. And you can use that then to fry vegetables in if you're doing a vegetarian dish later in the week. Yeah, I mean, like I would do that now because we're focused on reducing weight rather than or something. And that sort of gives you that flavor. But things like um, fajitas can be made very easily in our house and some can have the meat in it and others can have a vegetarian option. Um, and stir-fry is the same. You can fry the meat separately and add it in at the mm. end if you want for somebody who wants to be a vegetarian. So, and also, I find in those dishes, you can put in less meat and you still get the flavour. So I think sometimes we get okay. focused well, on... that's a thought. Being, sorry? No, I think that, that's, that's an interesting suggestion to try, actually, is, you know, use meat, but use less of it. And I think we get caught up in all or nothing and we think, oh, well, if there's meat in it, there's no point. But I found like even adding breadcrumbs to burgers or carrots 
that are sort of grated up in lasagna and stuff like that, you can really reduce the amount of meat, which okay. helps save money and is actually better for your your health in the long term. So I think we should just cut ourselves some slack yeah, and okay. if we're reducing meat and dairy intake then we're still doing a good thing and we're saving money along the way. Roz is on the line as well Elaine. Um, Roz have you tried meat free Fridays or fish Fridays? Well I'm vegan for 26 years. Oh, so. so you're full time every day. <laughs> I'm full time yeah. vegan. The idea of the uh, calls for the Pope to intervene here now and the potential reduction that he could bring about in global carbon emissions. Like is the branding of a kind of a fish Friday and meat free Mondays is it a good move or does it go far enough? Of course like I mean anything is a start but what I'm actually finding is in cafes and restaurants there's an awful lot of discrimination against vegans. In what it's, way, Ros? It's quite unbelievable, really. Like, I was in Houston Station twice recently, and I went in and I said, what, um, can I get a soup? Is it vegan? No. And this would be a place that does all veg kind of stuff. There was actually nothing vegan there, with the exception of a wrap in insomnia in the whole of Houston Station. I was in Wilton Shopping Centre a few months ago, the same thing. Like, I can't no understand choice. it. You it? No choice, basically. Or they limited choice. They literally didn't have anything, so I couldn't yeah. eat anything. So I just said, well, do you have some vegan mayo? I can get a sandwich. No. I was in Meadows and Barn yesterday. They did have a full vegan curry for a lunch, but all of their salads, none of them had vegan mayo on. You couldn't get anything. Right. And, like... If people just, you know, put out veg soup, like vegan soup, had lovely sandwiches made beside it, you know, people that might normally eat it might would try, try it. it. Yeah, so you know, actions. and I mean, if there were any effort was put in, they would try it. Is it common across the country? Do you do you have difficulty getting I, vegan yes, food when you're out? You do. I do sometimes. I mean, yeah. it's simple things like you can go into one of the big coffee chains. They'll have a vegan tea cake but there's no vegan butter or jam to put on it. And people look at you like you fell out of space. They don't like vegans. They don't like you going in. And there's no effort put into it. I'm not a fussy eater. Like, you know, like I was with my friend yesterday, so you can't get a sandwich, you can't get a cake. You know, and like in this day and age, it's ridiculous. You're not selling it to me at all, Ross. Am I not? (laughs) Right off. Yeah, you're a constant state of hunger. Uh, Vincent is with us as well. Vincent, what's your thoughts on Meat Free Friday? Um, well, Andrea, uh, I think it's uh, it, it's something, but it's probably not enough. I think at this point in time, we, the world really needs to be considering radical changes. <clears throat> um, the, uh, the the environment is is, is struggling. Uh, if we were to believe all the environmentalists, and I think that they are probably right, uh, it's in it, it's in very dire straits. And at this stage, doing little tweaks is not really going to be enough. Well, do you, what, what what do you do, Vincent? Yourself? Do you like? Would you cut meat out one day a week, or what's? Yeah, I don't eat meat uh, at all. I haven't at all? done for okay. many years. Okay. I, I do eat fish, um, but I've, I've, I've even cut down on that. Um, I I occasionally would eat chicken, but it's. Uh, I think the the real issue is that we are going to have to debate doing extreme radical changes to if we want to. How radical? In, 
well, how radical, for example, agriculture is using a lot of antibiotics, uh, pesticides, phosphorus, nitrates. Uh, they're using 60, over 60% of the world's uh, supply of, of, of pharmaceuticals are going into the agricultural industry. It then ends up in the sea. It washes off into the sea and causes algae blooms. <clears throat> it destroys um, oxygen levels in the water. It is a... a it starves basically the sea. The the there's nothing there's nothing growing. I've I've been at sea for forty years and uh, and I've seen the decline. Okay. Um, perhaps we should ban completely all um, pharmaceuticals in agriculture. Right. Perhaps we should ban fishing, uh, commercial fishing, for ten years or more. I'll go the whole lot. Right, so you, you're you really talking about big, big radical moves there for sure. I see a text in here from a listener I just mentioned about trying to, um, well, just myself trying to try uh, vegan, vegetarian options. This texter here says you should try all Indian vegetarian dishes. If you're struggling to move to vegan or vegetarian, um, you'll find the flavours are amazing if you opt for some Indian dishes. Elaine, do you agree with that? Is that a good starting point? Yeah, I think there's some cultures that are excellent at, um, they, they, I mean, the vegetarian options aren't sort of a second place choice and I think Thai food is another one a lot of the Asian countries are very good even country, if there is meat in the dish they generally use very little meat I, I found in Ireland and the UK um, we use an awful lot of meat in our dishes whereas it's the flavour they focus on in cuisine particularly in, in um Eastern countries yeah. and so it might be added but just for the flavour rather than you know to make up a third of the dish which seems to happen in, Ir- in well, Ireland well, but I do think that's a very good suggestion and then you don't feel like you're um, you're leaving something out or you're sacrificing something because you're just having a fabulous dinner yeah. that happens to have no meat Well if people have other recommendations actually maybe for me here today and I can tell from the text line there's other listeners in the same position as myself who really just haven't quite found something in the vegan vegetarian world but they're looking to try it and looking for options if people have suggestions I mean maybe a good cookbook I should say good starting point um, for vegetarian dishes or even just to try the likes of a you know fish Friday or meat free Monday or whatever it is Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan brought to you by Avant Money weekdays at midday on News Talk